0: Welcome back to New World Next Week. I'm James Corbett of CorbettReport.com. And I'm James Evan Palato for MediaMonarchy.com. We're exposing the poorest to a very high burden.
1: We got that story plus fluoride on trial. But first, Cops TV series canceled after 33 seasons amid, of course, police brutality protests. James, as we have talked about for a decade on New World Next Week, and as I mentioned as recently as last week, The 9-11 police state normalized brutality and torture for 19 years and counting, as those crazy 9-11 truthers tried to point out. Bush-Obama militarized the police. They politicized sports. And then a lot of folks, of course, duped by the next guy who's continued all of that. But I think hopefully good alternative media that have been at it for a long time, like I think both you and I have, have long since exposed what, again, people are mad about, rightfully so, police state brutality. I think somebody like, like John Vibes, he writes about these riots and noting that they will undoubtedly push TV and media networks to consider, reconsider airing shows that glorify the police. In fact, it's obviously already started to happen. Cops, one of the longest running shows on TV, canceled by Paramount amid the growing protests. Quote, Cops is not on the Paramount Network, and we don't have any current or future plans for it to return, end quote. A Paramount Network spokesperson said very unceremoniously, this according to Entertainment Weekly. And again, everything we say and play always included in our show notes, I should say, after mentioning Entertainment Weekly. There are over 1,100 episodes of Cops, and the show is preparing, of course, for its 33rd season. As far as back as the 90s, the show, of course, accused of propagating harmful racial stereotypes And if the sentiment to bring extreme reforms to policing continues, this kind of show, of course, is pretty much a thing of the past. As many statues, as many names, as many ideas are things of the past. James, again, it kind of seems like maybe this has already been rebranded into Extreme Reforms to Policing, Minneapolis edition. I didn't look it up. I I tried briefly. I couldn't find it in the film Network from 1976, where they're basically thinking up these great new show ideas to exploit people's you know nascent political awakening this is like in the film network where of course a real passionate wave is quickly of course molded and redirected into what feels like a made for tv reality show again this seems like some sort of event 201 mini game But it's class war. It's class war, as it usually is, being, of course, agitated into a race war. Classic move, divide and conquer. If we're all fighting each other, we couldn't possibly fight the state. But really, at the end of the day, James, as we've talked about pretty recently on New World Next Week, whether we're talking about Johnson & Johnson or Paramount, it's just not profitable anymore when you can stream snuff films all day on the FANG platforms for free. It's pretty disgusting. But, in some ways, James, maybe this sort of anachronism is kind of like how the Pentagram and DARPA didn't need their life log project after they had after they had their facebook
0: right yeah, actually well observed that is a that is absolutely the point here um you raise an extremely important point, which is how genuine grassroots rage at uh, institutions and establishment can be co opted and steered into basically commodified into just another product that can be sold back to people under the new political blather which is the same as the old political blather and of course we're talking here about the media side of that but on the on the deeper issue of Police brutality and reimagining the police, which is the latest version of the political platitude blather that must be announced by any uh, politician. Yes, we're going to reimagine the police and defund the police, whatever that actually means. Well, I'll tell you what it actually means, because, like with all of these, um, political platitudes, you have to run them through the globalist decoder because of course they 're saying these things that people want to hear, but they 're not saying what you want to hear, oh, defund the police and reimagine policing and get rid of the police departments hey this sounds this sounds great yes self defense is a is a personal thing that that we all have, we have that fundamental right, and we can delegate that to anyone we want, and the state should not have a monopoly on violence, so anyone should be able to provide defensive services and all of this, right? This is going to be a voluntarist paradise that we're walking into now, right? Of course not. No, when they say reimagine policing, there is actually a specific corporate slash governmental context to that phrase, which has been bandied about for over a decade in the corporate world, to mean a very specific thing, essentially the technocratic takeover of what we have thought of as policing, the policeman walking the beat, you know, trying to keep the peace, is a horse and buggy concept from the, you know, the previous century. That They don't need that anymore, not in a world of facial recognition and CCTV, interlinked CCTV cameras and drones and uh, surveillance bots and contact tracing and uh, s- scanning all of your s- cell phone data in real time with their, their fake cell phone towers and all of that. No, 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 policing now is can be 99% automated so that you never even see the people who are watching Everything you do, and eventually, the person who's going to come after you and enforce the laws the, uh, the laws of the land are not going to be physical, breathing, flesh and blood human being policemen, they're going to be surveillance robots, police robots of some sort, and they can't be racist. So, problem solved, right, guys? Don't worry, there won't be any more police, there will just be the attack dogs of the police state. <laughs> Yay, that is the real context of this whole reimagining of policing that's going on. Uh, It is not going to be what the people are clamoring for, unless, of course, people actually have a specific plan in mind for what they mean when they say defund police or reimagine policing. If there are not specific points that these protests actually hold the politicians to, then what hope will we have of uh, stumbling away from instead of directly into the maws of that technocratic nightmare?
1: But, you know, Nancy Pelosi, she wore the, like, faux African garb and did the take a knee thing. (laughs) James, again, in a lot of ways, you're very lucky to be over there. You're spared from just a lot of the just 24-7 nonsense going on over here in the USA, previously on the purge election year. However, this is New World Next Week. This is episode 411, and for our second story this week, it's interesting to wonder, James, which way, if covered at all, this story will be framed in the mainstream narrative. U.S.-Russia agreed to hold nuclear talks this month. President Trump's envoy for arms control said the U.S. and Russia agreed to start nuclear arms control talks this month. China was also invited And this, of course, comes from, as all your great news sources come from, an anonymous U.S. official who said the negotiations are going to start June 22nd. The last arms control treaty between the U.S. and Russia, the New Start, which media nerds and geeks like myself would note that's almost an Arrested Development joke. The New Start is set to expire in February 2021. Russia has offered to extend the treaty, but the U.S. insists on including China in the deal. The new start limits the number of nuclear warheads the signatories can have deployed, but China's nuclear arsenal, much smaller than the U.S., much smaller than Russia's, so it's unlikely that China will agree to enter the deal in the first place. If the treaty collapses, the U.S. will no longer be able to inspect Russia's nuclear forces. They can still pass go, collect $200. If the U.S. lets the new start lapse... As Antiwar.com writes, it'll follow a pattern of the Trump administration withdrawing from arms control agreements. Then, James, before I throw it back to you, there's also, as, as I was kind of talking with folks in the chat earlier today, there's the whole other issue of all the recent kind of war games and movements in the Arctic in the meantime, the U.S., Russia, China, even
0: Norway in that mix as well, James. Yes, In fact, you took the words right out of my mouth because I I was going to say there are some important developments that are happening on the geopolitical chessboard right now. But one of the ones that is probably flying under the radar of a lot of people are the developments happening in the next potential military flashpoint, the Arctic. Yes, there is actually some interesting developing developments taking place there that I've been keeping my eye on. So I am actually going to be writing about that specifically in the newsletter this weekend. But on the new start scrapping question mark, which seems to be taking about to take place. Uh, Perhaps no surprise here because it does once again place it in that corporatocracy framework. Why on earth would they be scrapping these arms controls uh, treaties is to start a new arms race. And we know that, of course, that that uh, that originally was picked up as a crusade by, uh, well, under the John F. Kennedy administration coming in. Oh, there's the missile gap, the missile gap, the missile gap. And uh, once once he got into office, he found actually no that was a bunch of garbage cooked up by the rand corporation but anyway we 've spent bajillions of dollars and that 's all booked into the cooked into the books by this point, so there 's nothing you can do about it well let 's let 's get that gravy train flowing again and in case anyone uh, has any doubts as to the real agenda behind this. Just a couple of weeks ago, it was being reported that uh, the U.S. arms control negotiator, Marshall Billingsley, was uh, vowing to spend Russia and China into oblivion to win a nuclear arms race. So if that's the kind of rhetoric that you go into these talks for, I, 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 I'm not hopeful that New START will be uh, renewed, especially after the scrapping of INF and Open Skies and other treaties like along these lines. So there is a pattern here, and it... Once again, ka-ching, ka-ching, it is the military contractors who are going to win big from this. Absolutely. And again, it feels like, you know, these scenarios,
1: feel, again, they feel like sci-fi that's been played out decades in advance. You know, who read these? It, it evokes images of G.I. Joe in the snow and all that sort of stuff. And I think, as we've noted, again, the powers that shouldn't be are in it for the long con, and they have the long-term plans. They're doing the work on, it seems like, the Arctic now that will pay off, of course, in 10 to 20 years, just as the work they were doing 10 to 20 years ago on AFRICOM and, of course, militarizing and taking over, retaking over Africa. That's all paying off, of course, fantastically now. James, I think amid all of this, of course, when we talk about sort of geopolitics with their front men, I got to throw in uh, extra right here before we move to our, our good news final story. Before that good news final story, Dems vote to renew USA Freedom Act, formerly known as the Patriot Act, giving Trump even more police powers. They are, if you didn't know, like Coke and Pepsi, they are bad for your health. And like a good radio transition, speaking of bad for your health, we actually got some good news, hopefully, about fluoride. Our final segment here on New World Next Week, episode 411, an historical case The fluoride cover-up will soon be exposed. There is fantastic work being posted to thelastamericanvagabond.com as well as, of course, fluoridealert.org. Courtroom battle could lead to limits on fluoridation of drinking water. An alliance of groups led by Food and Water Watch, a government accountability nonprofit that actually helped us successfully keep fluoride out of Portland water years back. They've sued the EPA to force it to limit or ban adding fluoride altogether. They contend that the chemical presents an unreasonable risk of causing neurological damage, especially to young children and babies in the womb. In opening statements in San Francisco this past Monday, June 8th, plaintiff's lawyer Michael Conant said, at the time of their greatest vulnerability, we are exposing infants, often from the poorest, most disadvantaged communities, to a very high burden of fluoride, Conant said. But James Dew, Justice Department lawyer representing the EPA, said there are too many uncertainties and inconsistencies in the evidence. Let's be 100% clear here. If EPA could regulate that there was an unreasonable risk from water fluoridation, EPA would regulate. Dr. James Dew said, oh, wait, no, he's not a doctor. He's just a lawyer. Sorry. Fortunately, again, it's all in the show notes. As noted, of course, this all started back in the 40s in the U.S. 75% of Americans on public water systems are served fluoridated water, and James As we're kind of looking at things down here, as I mentioned, we are, of course, in Portland where they don't fluoridate the water. We move to Santa Fe where they do fluoridate the water, of course, meaning we have to spend more money to remove chemicals from our water. Interesting thing we learned actually this last week, James, they don't add fluoride in Albuquerque. Interesting that Portland and Albuquerque are both a little off the chain and maybe not so docile from the water. That may not mean it of course equates making great actions socio-politically but it's it's an interesting thought. So
0: what's your case with fluoride in Japan? I don't recall asking you about it when we were there. In fact, there was a uh, questions for Corbett that I did about that way back in the day. So I'll direct people to that. I'll dig it up from the archives and put it in the show notes for this. But on the note of this trial that's happening specifically, I did talk about this back uh, a couple of years ago when it was first starting to develop, back in interview 1,352 with Dr. Paul Connett, Michael Connett's father, and the director of the Fluoride Action Network, we talked about this case as it was developing at that time and as it was being allowed to proceed. Well, here we are, the wheels of justice grinding at their usual glacial pace two years later, two plus years later, we're finally getting to the point where there's actually going to be the trial. So it will be extremely interesting to watch. As usual, I'm not holding my breath that the courts will make the right decision here, but at least... It is making a decision, and there will be something to to use from this going forward the, as uh, again, I hope people will read through the supplementary material and the articles that we 're providing here because there are, uh, uh, the evidence is not just overwhelming; it becomes more and more overwhelming as time goes on that fluoride does adding fluoride to the water supply does have a negative effect on i q let alone various organs and the function, healthy functioning thereof and the uh, as I say, there are more and more studies coming online that make it more and more difficult for the EPA or any other uh, agency or uh, branch of the corporatocracy to deny any longer. And just to tie a bow on the main theme for today's stories, uh, the, the, the unifying theme, yes, uh, this is a corporatocratic decision as well to fluoridate the water supply, as you noted, started in the 1940s as a convenient way to get rid of nuclear-slash-industrial-waste and turn that waste product into this wonderful thing we're going to put in the water supply to, uh, to uh, help your teeth. That's right. You drink sunscreen in order to protect your skin and you drink fluoride in order to protect your teeth. Wait, what? No, don't think about it. Don't think about it for two seconds. It's good for you. Just take our waste and pay us money to put it in your water supply for you. Thank you very much. That is the swindle. I've talked about this at length before on the Corbett Report, so I hope people who are new to this and don't know about this will do some research before they dismiss it, as they undoubtedly are always do, by saying, oh, it's like, uh, the, uh, that, the Kubrick movie, uh, whose name is going to escape Dr. Strangelove, right? And that crazy guy, oh, they're, they're poisoning the water supply with their fluoride. <laughs> You're like that crazy guy in that movie I saw as the programmed response that everyone makes whenever you raise the specter of maybe this industrial waste byproduct being pumped into the water supply isn't actually there to help you. And look, here's dozens and dozens and dozens and dozens of scientific studies showing that. Maybe we should, maybe we should have a little think about this rather than just going into our pre-programmed responses. Right, James? That's well, I mean, I think all the programmed
1: responses in a lot of ways are they're malfunctioning now. They're not working anymore. I think, James, you know, these kind of strange moments, especially these last few months. Of trying to prep a show and just like, I, I, I don't know how to comment on any it's all gone so completely off the rails in a lot of ways. Again, what I do seems completely it's anachronistic in some ways. But again, I I think that just shows the amazing progress in maybe some not unmitigated ways. I think that the whatever you want to call it movement has done these last many, many years. Uh, They, I think, are Zoom streaming a lot of these hearings because I saw that actually Derek Bros was pretty much live tweeting the updates from this earlier this week, unless he was actually over there in San Francisco, which I don't doubt... Because Derek Brose seems to be all over the place. A little bit of good news. Looks like his arrest from the previous week has been dismissed in Houston. So, James, as we wrap up this New World Next Week, episode 411, just want to put out the call to support Derek Bros, to support our buddy Ryan at The Last American Vagabond. Again, there's no formal, you know, corporation that we all form together we're just dudes that have been doing this for a long time, and we can start to realize who does good work, who we trust, who we like, who 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 we think puts out believable good work in just a storm of insanity. And I think we've got the track record to show a lot of that. Ryan of The Last American Vagabond also seems to be under some kind of some kind of DDoS attack, possibly, so again, needs that extra help. And we all need your help. You might note in any of those shows I've just mentioned, you have never heard any sort of advertisement or snake oil pitch because we're 100% listener supported. I do it the same way, James. I do radio Monday through Friday, 9 to 5 Mountain Time at MediaMonarchy.com slash listen. It is there for folks to come take a free limited time lookout. They can click through that Discord link. And go through to the chat stream and hang out and come check us out. And, and again, it's been fantastic getting long time New World Next Week people to go, oh, man, it was about time I came and checked out your show. So, James, as we close this, I'll throw it back to you with the reminder of something coming up this weekend to mention.
0: That's right. Uh, expose Bill Gates' Global Day of Action for people who haven't heard about it yet. I was just recently interviewed by Derek Bros, who's putting putting this together, or at least uh, spearheading the idea. And uh, so people can look at that conversation for some of our ideas about what people can do on that date to spread the word about... Bill Gates and Bill Gates' agenda, but of course not just about Bill Gates, about the deeper agenda and the ideology behind it that's being pushed on the back of this new biosecurity paradigm that is coming into view. That is June 13th, this Saturday, but of course it is not just going to be a one-day-and-then-we're-done thing, but it is a good place to concentrate our efforts and then to start thinking about how to spread this information even further. I'll throw the link into that previous conversation if people want more information on that, but we're going to leave it there for this week. James, thank you as always for three interesting stories.